Hello and welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. I'm Jonathan, your host, and here at Redbeard Outdoors, I talk about faith, family, fitness, and the outdoors as I'm on my journey to become a better husband, a better father, a better version of me for me and for everyone around me that I care about and just to be a better human being. So while we're on that journey, I get to share with you some amazing conversation that I've had with some great individuals in the industry or even just like me that is just trying to grow and get better and has some tips and tricks that they'd like to share, a great story, etc. That's what we've got going on today being Saturday. I get to share that conversation with you that I had with Kyle from DCA Customs, DCA Custom Arrows. He is just an amazing individual, super smart, knows what he's doing, has created his own uh, concept of a vein and some other tools that we'll go into as well in the podcast, but just a great overall guy, family man, loves the outdoors, loves shooting bows, and is just a genius. And then on Tuesdays, guys, I have the Tinkering Tuesdays. So it's generally gear right now because I want you to be able to get the best gear in your hands, get ready for your hunts backpacking trips, camping trips, etc., that you've got going on throughout the rest of the year. And then it'll also be uh, mindset tinkering. That's something else that we'll do here in the near future with our Tuesdays as well, just talking about different mindsets, things that we've got going on there as well. I want to say thank you to everyone that is tuning in on a consistent basis. And for those of you that are actually sharing the show and leaving a review, if you get something out of this podcast, I'd really appreciate it. If you would leave a review, it's free. It takes less than a minute of your time. And then of course, if you're on social media, take a screenshot and share it and tag me in it. I'd love to see what episodes you guys are enjoying and getting that feedback from you guys makes me grow, get better and provide better podcast for you in return. So with that being said, guys, thanks so much for tuning in today. Uh, here is the amazing conversation that I had with Kyle from DCA Custom Arrows. All right, welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. We've got here an amazing guest. We've got Kyle from DCA Custom Arrows, and he is, we were talking about his title. He owns all the titles from janitor up to president and CEO, but he's also got his, his hands in a bunch of other industries as well, or parts of the archery industry. Just an overall great individual. Uh, he's a dad. He's got a family. And he just loves uh, loves engineering. He's a lot smarter than I am. So we're going to dive into all of these things, guys, today. Uh, but first, Kyle, who are you for those that may not know who you are? And uh, and, and what do you enjoy doing? Yeah, so my background, um, Kyle Davidson, I own, I'm the only true employee of DCA Customeros, so I, I take care of everything. Um, my background, though, I'm a mechanical engineer. Um, I've been doing that for 23 years. I have roughly 30 patents to my name. I've done all research and development, product development type stuff. So it's uh, everything that's basically applicable to archery. It's just, uh, you know, you develop a product, you develop a product. And so it's all gathering research, uh, doing data, looking at uh, all the influences of it and all that kind of stuff, finding out what you need to know. Um, the big part of those research, and that's what kind of got me into archery. So I worked uh, at a company with TJ Eads, who owns Half Rack and is also part of Dialed Archery. Um, worked with him. He's the one that kind of got me into archery. And I started shooting, loved it from the first shot, completely fell in love with it. I was shooting like rifles and pistols and things like that. Um, it was kind of at that point where I needed to either make a decision either to hand load or 
uh, you know, find something else to do. So uh, I didn't want to get into the hand loading side of it. So I, uh, TJ hooked me up with a bow, shot it, loved it. Uh, I kept shooting just because uh, I just loved it. I had no interest in starting a business or anything like that. Um, but as I was shooting, like I, you know, the, the engineering side of me, so I'm a mechanical engineer, graduated from Purdue. There it is. Uh, graduated from Purdue and, uh, just started doing what I do. So I would shoot and I was getting real repetitive on my anchor point and that part of it I was fine with. My groups were not as good. And so, um, like everybody kind of starts, I walked into an archery shop. They gave me a handful of arrows and I went out and shot them. And then, uh, with those arrows though, you know, they were anywhere from 30 to 70 pounds is what they had listed on them. Uh, they asked me what my draw length was. They put an insert in and they sent me on my way. And looking back on it now, it's just hilarious because that's not even the way I slightly work anymore. So uh, shot those, was getting huge groups and just kept listening to podcasts, doing my own research, uh, reading papers, reading engineering papers or patents or uh, papers, published engineering papers from companies and individuals. Um, and so like just started doing all the, the research that way, started tuning my own arrows and then uh, was talking to TJ the whole time, telling him what I was learning and stuff. And he was like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about anymore. So I kind of progressed down. I restrung my own bow uh, using uh, the mechanical wire presses. And he was like, what are you doing, dude? You're going to lose your fingers. Uh, but did all that stuff just not knowing. You know, there's a there's a, a lot to it where uh, you can't do that. I didn't know I couldn't, you know. So it's like I did. So started doing more research, uh, started shooting started playing around with tuning arrows, like just replacing the tips and seeing how that affected things. Cause I knew if I put a heavier tip on, it broke down the spine. And if I put a lighter tip on, it made it effectively stiffer. And so I would do that and shoot and see which direction I needed to go. Once I found the direction, I would just, you know, cut a little bit off the arrow or something like that and just modify it and start getting really good groups that way. And thinking I was a good archer, but I was just, I built a good arrow, um, built, I was telling TJ, built him a set. He loved him. Built a set for some of his friends that were in Illinois. There were outfitters that I didn't know at the time. Built them a set. They told a, a few of their clients. Their clients contacted me. And then it just spread like wildfire, man. I mean, I I was hoping to do like five sets a year just so I could buy more arrows to do testing with. And then, uh, you know, I build thousands of sets of arrows a year now. And I build, uh, you know, everybody from... Donnie Vincent to um, Dan, the owner of um, Meat Eater, uh, Giannis Patelis from Meat Eater, um, a bunch of guys from First Light, uh, Evan from Black Rifle Coffee, if I forget that one, he'll kill me, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Brad Mershon of the Boston Bruins and Kevin Miller, formerly the Boston Bruins, he just retired. But uh, yeah, it's super fun, man. I, working with companies like that, it's, it's always a, a good time and it's reassuring to talk to those people and find out that they're just really, really good people and normal people. Um, Donnie and I talk, I mean, we'll talk for 45 minutes every time he calls or I call him. We just catch up and find out what's going on in our lives and, and that kind of stuff. But yeah, my, my background's all mechanical engineering. Um, and in that time, actually, you know, as you know, developed the, the Super Saber veins. So I was talking to a guy and he was like, yeah, I saw you built with them. I didn't know that you were the one that made them. And I was like, oh yeah, so uh, these are made completely different. I know we'll get into it more, but, you know, uh, I built my own wind tunnel in my garage. Uh, I use computational fluid dynamics to actually develop these. I use the same uh, calculations that NASA does to find the stability of rockets. I use to find the stability of an arrow. 
uh, with a broadhead, without a broadhead, different lengths, you know, all kinds of stuff. And again, reading papers, I've talked to multiple physicists on uh, arrow flight and uh, the effects of forces on the arrows and things like that. So, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of uh, a deep, deep dives. Like people go down a rabbit hole, I go, I go down the rabbit hole, and I just keep on going, man. I mean, I'm if something doesn't work the way I think it should, then I'm really like in tune to figure out exactly why that was that way. In fact, with the veins, um, I was talking to Donnie. That's why I ended up making them is just because he was telling me how important sound was and flight, the arrow flight was. And I'd actually made a video on YouTube where I talked about arrow flight and sound and how I didn't think that arrow flight had any uh, input on it because the bow was so loud. And then, you know, I love to kind of find out that I'm wrong and then find out why I'm wrong. That's just the best part of it. It's like a good movie where you think you know somebody did it and then they're like, nope, it's not that guy, it's this guy. And then you're like, what? Tell me more, you know? It's always interesting. So I I uh, had this uh, original idea because I worked at a company where I made um, starters and alternators and we made fans for those. And we knew those were quiet and I knew how to make those quiet. So I'll make these quiet, job done made the vein and it was super loud. It was the loudest one I'd ever tested. And looking back on it now, I know exactly why it was loud and everything. So that, that part's interesting too. But then once that didn't work, you know, then I had to figure out what was going on and came up with a super saver. So, uh, yeah, now I make, uh, custom arrows still. I do, I go through and figure out everybody's arrow, uh, like the spine, the front weight, they should be running all that kind of stuff, uh, with the bow IBO, Everything is kind of physics-based, so, you know, the longer your draw length, the stiffer the arrow you need, more draw weight you have, the stiffer the arrow you need, et cetera, et cetera. So I go through, figure all that stuff out. That's the, the part that I got into it for and that I really liked. And then uh, TJ was actually the one that was like, you should do custom wraps. And so these are my wraps. They're uh, like the Thunderbirds. So from, uh, you know, the the Air Force fight, uh, flight team, uh I really dig that though. So I, I love F1. I love airplanes. I probably, I watch a lot more F1 videos and aerodynamic videos and things explaining the aerodynamics and everything like that way more than hunting videos. I mean, a crazy obsessive amount, that, but <laughs> that's what I love. Uh, I, I honestly don't hunt that much. I hunt three or four times a year at the most, uh, but I have arrows that are all over the world. So I have arrows that go to Africa regularly and I have uh, professional hunters or guides over there that tell people, Hey, call DCA custom arrows. They'll set you up with an arrow and then they'll go out with that. Cause you know, the guides don't want somebody showing up with a, a 300 grain arrow and they don't want somebody showing up with a thousand grain arrow. They want something that fits for what they do and they know who I am and they know what I build works. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of it. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that that's really cool to, to hear that your, your work has touched basically the entire world at this yeah. point wherever you can hunt with an arrow um and that that's really cool i didn't realize you had such a reach so that that is awesome and on top of that the idea of the word of mouth uh you know word of mouth is so yeah. huge when you get uh someone that is trustworthy and they then in turn trust you and they spread that word out to other people like it just that that spreads like wildfire um, yeah that, for sure and i don't i don't do any advertising like my only advertising is on instagram other than that i don't do anything and I've been told if you advertise more, you'll sell more. And that is something that I probably should get into with the veins because I sell those separately from my builds. But like, I, 
a lot of people are jaded by advertising. That's like I don't publish a mm -hmm. lot of my results from my testing. I let other people shoot them and do that and give their honest feedback on it. So um, it is 100% word of mouth or Instagram. I mean, I, I wouldn't exist without the internet because of Instagram and like the popularity that that kind of got. I just uh, got over 10,000 subscribers and honestly, or followers, and I honestly wasn't even following that. Like I just clicked on it and it said 10 and I was like, I'd lost a bunch and then 10,000. I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. That's better. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. No, that, that's really cool. Um, you know, and again, that, that speaks volumes to the people that trust you and, and the work that you're doing, it's quality work. It isn't all marketing. Um, you know, and, and there's, there's something to be said about that. So I, I agree that maybe you'd sell more, but at the same time I heard recently, uh, oh, was it, MFJJ was trying to place yeah. like a thousand count order or something like yeah. that. And you were like, I, I can't really, yeah, I'm not right there yet. <laughs> so. No, that's, that's a hundred percent. Not true though. That's what's I, I watched the same one. It's this fireside yeah. chat. And, uh, I love that format too. I mean, it's so relaxing to watch that stuff and yeah. he's a good guy. Dan's a good guy. And Jake's a good guy. Those are all the, the, uh, elk shape guys, but, um, no, he ordered and, uh, I was like, yeah, no problem. Done and done. And I, I actually messaged him after I saw that. And I was like, dude, what are you talking about? You can have as many as you want. Like that was a, an initial problem. So when I launched the veins, uh, there were two problems. The material wasn't what it could be. I found the new material. The Rev2 is freaking insane. It's so awesome. Uh, you could shoot through a target. Uh, I had one guy that was telling me, hey, I, I sh I'm shooting through my uh, 3D targets and the veins are deforming. My first thought was, don't shoot through your targets. You're not supposed to do that. But the other the other side of it is like challenge accepted. You know, it's like, okay. And so uh, kind of in the process of developing all this stuff and everything, I made a lot of friends that um, some are in the plastics industry. I made friends at Loctite, friends, uh, another guy that uh, super good guy um, that's in the materials process. And he, after the first material, I told him some of the things I was like, I want to change a few things. I want to do this and this and this differently. And he was like, yeah, uh, I'll keep my eyes open. And he deals with huge companies. So he deals with, you know, people that make that buy tons and tons of plastics. And, uh, I'm always like, I don't mean to monopolize all your time because when I talk to him, I'm telling him everything that's going on and how people are loving them and just the whole catch up on it. And he was like, no dude, he's like, I love talking to you because like, you know, I'll send an engineer that works at a dishwashing company, for instance, an email and I won't get anything back for like two weeks because it's a dishwasher and they don't really care. And, you know, they get paid either way. And he's like, when I talk to you, you know, you're so pumped about everything and there's always something new and the stuff you're doing is super cool. And he hunted back in the day and now he's married. And so, you know, how that kind of goes, time priorities. Uh, but he contacted me about this material and I was like, uh, does it have this, this, and this? Yes, yes, yes. Great. I'd like to see this too. Has that. And I was like, that's good. And so he sent me a, a sample of it. And then I got my molder who's actually in Kokomo. So I'm in Noblesville and my molder is in Kokomo. So we're both in Indiana and I can just run up there. It's 45 minutes away, run up there, try something new. And the molder's awesome. Rusty, if he's listening, it's freaking amazing. Uh, any idea that I have, he's all on board with. Uh, it's just super fun to work with him. And we have ideas for new projects and we're kind of like, we've got to get this done and we can do that. And we'll talk about this. We're going to talk more about that one because it's super cool, but uh, we got to get this done first. 
but yeah, he's on board with all of it. And the new material, I have one here that's loose, and you can you, know, you could wad it up and bend it up, and it goes right back to shape. So it's a it's good. Uh, if you stretch it, it doesn't retain its shape, um, and it's like I said, just a killer material. I in my all my years of mechanical engineering, and it's and this is in research and development, so I see a lot of out there type stuff when we're trying to, to get something done. I've never seen anything like this stuff. So it's incredible stuff. Uh, very pumped for the 2.0s and uh, they, they appear awesome too. You know, you can wad them up and they still come out just looking perfect. So uh, very happy with them. Yeah, no, for sure. And honestly, that that's a, especially as you're creating an entirely new vein, an entirely new system, uh, yeah. you're going to go through those growing pains, right? Like what you said, like, Hey, I created this first vein that was loud as crap. And I thought it was going to be super quiet. And then you figured out why. And then I'm sure your wife's really happy about the wind tunnel in the garage. Uh, but <laughs> She's used but, to it now. Uh, like yeah. her friends will come over and I'm in my garage, like with the headphones on. And I'm like, I have like a, I have an Allen wrench with a little piece of red thread on it that I can hold down around it to see how air is moving around different things. And, uh, yeah, her friends will walk in all the, all the people in my neighborhood were friends with. And so I'm shooting my garage and just what Kyle does, you know, and I'm running my wind tunnel and they're like, yeah, that's, it's just Kyle. He's just doing his stuff. You know, <laughs> they all know what I do. They know I'm a little obsessed and they're good with it, but yeah, she's fine with it. I mean, I've the, the bigger problem with her is, you know, I'm, I'm slowly taking over the majority of the house. So like my office is like 12 <laughs> by 12 and it's, packed but it's everything's put away because like if anything's left out it's a disaster like everything just goes to pot so uh yeah my office up here and then i have uh, our basement downstairs i have maybe 14 by four ish area and so that's where all of the veins are stored and all that kind of stuff so we're uh i'd love to have more room but uh we did not get a full basement when we built the house and my wife always reminds me about that because i was cheap when we uh <laughs> when we bought it i was like i'm not paying three thousand dollars extra for an extra basement but i didn't do this and now time. you're like now man I, that would have been that would have been worth it yeah yeah oh god i would give 10 to have it now but mm -hmm. just not an option so right now i hear that yeah so let, let's kind of talk about that so um i got some of the first veins uh yes. the 1.0s and so i run a a true helical, whatever that means. It's a about a five to six degree helical on a five millimeter shaft. It's probably even more steep on a four millimeter shaft. It's probably closer to six. Yep. Um, and they, they flew great. Uh, and, and I talked about this on previous episodes. So if anyone wants to go back and look at, you know, my, my uh, review on the 1.0, that's, that's cool. Um, but they flew great. They steer broadheads great. Um, I was having issues with them sticking a little bit, and I know that's got to do with the steep helical, putting that kind of torque on that that material that it, it was at the time. Yep. And then, uh, you know, you came out with the 2.0s, and so got my hands on some of those, and, uh, and I fletched them up, and I've done some. I'm still having an issue with my bits trying to get it to a three-degree helical. Um, you've got a – do you have your little tool, the yeah. vat? Okay, perfect. So Kyle makes a tool called the the VAT. Um, what remind me of that vein? The vein angle tool. Vein angle tool. So you can use that to get your bits to the right angle of uh, helical that you're wanting to have on it, or offset whatever it is that you're running. Um, but you recommend a two and a half degree helical, right? Yep. 
on the on the veins. So I've I've tried. I think the closest I got was a two, and I'm still currently seeing if they um, parachute out at distance. Because the biggest thing that I was having issues with, and we talked about this, was um, on that five to six degree helical. With it being so tall, after about seventy yards, it was parachuting pretty steeply. Um, and I think that we, we had decided it was basically because of the, the steep helical, correct? Yeah. So, uh, I've done a lot of research actually, I can reach it. So I use a lab radar to actually, uh, plot the, the flight of the arrow. So I shoot out to a hundred yards. I use the lab radar. It pings it. It's a Doppler radar. So it pings it like 200 times on the way out there. And then I pull in, I pull in the raw data from the lab radar, which is different than a lot of people just kind of get, it shows up on screen and it gives you five different locations or something. Um, but that's not great because if you look at the actual raw data, it's not a hundred percent, you know, like dot, 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 dot. It's kind of a scatter plot a little bit. So you have to do a line fit with it. And I do some other filtering to make sure that the data that I'm getting is just as good as you could get. Um, so I've shot when I was developing those. And before that, like, um, I would shoot heavy arrows, light arrows, arrows with broadheads, field points, different broadheads, different field points, and plot all that stuff to see how the weight of the arrow affected the flight of the arrow and how fast it lost speed. Because that's always a hot topic. And then light arrows and the speed and all that kind of stuff. And shot uh, with these versus kind of other taller veins. And so, um, you know, these are height-wise comparable to a Blazer or a Max Hunter or something like that. Um, but the, the difference is just, these actually have less drag than a max hunter or a blazer. But the, the thing is like the majority of the drag of an arrow is actually in the shaft of the arrow, not in the vein. And honestly, not in the point, it's mostly in the shaft and then a little bit in the knock. That's like the majority of the, of the drag of the arrow. The veins do add drag to them. But when you look at like my veins versus, uh, blazers versus max hunters, you're still going to see the same silhouette that I'm kind of showing you now from the back of the arrow, maybe the front of the arrow make more sense, but you still get a similar area out here. And when you look at like the drag equation, that's a majority of what you're looking at. So it's the area and then the drag coefficient is how much or how slick you could get that, that area through the air. So you know, if you think of like looking at a, a Coke can where it's like, you know, a Coke can has a concave nose to it, it's going to have more drag where, but you're still looking at it like this. If you look like a bullet that would be that size, it has a lower drag coefficient, so it actually moves the air better. But the main thing is kind of that area. And so my veins versus Max Hunter's, because the main drag is in the, the shaft of the arrow, um, you're going to see about the same drag. But yeah, you will see the more helical you put on it or offset. And honestly, like uh, the helical jig, or I don't know anything that puts a true helical on it. Because a true helical starts out, like if you're looking at the shaft here, it starts out straight and then flexes and then goes back to straight. So it kind of makes an S pattern with it. And a bits, even the helical jig, like if you set it on there, it's still straight. They just like undercut part of it so that it fits on the arrow better as you're like putting it on. So uh, the two things I recommend, I have everything within hands reach. This is my desk is where I work. Uh, but uh, the things that I recommend, number one, like, and I don't, I forget to tell people this, but you could cut your jig off at like the D, the top of the D and get 
more helical with it. So you definitely do that. And I kind of forget that because it's just something that you do all the time. Uh, but then uh, using the vein angle tool, uh, available on my site, dcacustomerials.com. Uh, but you can you can uh, line that up and you could kind of get the, the two and a half degrees that way. Uh, the adhesion problems with the, the Rev 1.0, uh, it was bad. The, the molder that I was using at the time uh, used mold release on them. And that's an oil that they put on plastic parts mm. so that they come out of the mold easier. And uh, yeah, that, that wasn't good. And a bunch of them got sent out that way. And so mm. now what I do is actually like every time I get a new batch from my new molder in Kokomo, I get a batch in, I mix them up, and then I grab three or four of them out of there randomly. I fletch little short arrows like I have. These are actually, these could be vein angle tools at some point because it's all the same <laughs> piece of shaft. So I'll fletch them up, I'll take the wrap off, and then I'll, uh, uh, you know, if those are good, ship them, that kind of thing. Yeah. So we, we're learning as we go. A lot of the huge vein companies are, more um, advanced in that and they have better quality control already set up. But I mean, we're always improving. Um, so mine are individually molded. That's why they're embossed. So my logo is on there embossed into it. And then uh, the front edge and the back edge are both conical in shape to get a little bit more less or a little less drag to them. Doesn't help that much because it's so thin, but um, mm. anyway, they're all individually molded. And so when you, when they come out of the mold, the material uh, cools in there, but it's a unique material, like I mentioned before. And so when it comes down and it falls down every now and then it'll get a slight bend to it. Like this one might have it. That one has just a slight bend to it. And it's not a big deal though. When you fletch them, uh, it goes back straight. The only real issues that you have, that you have to watch for is if the, if it's not straight this way, going up and down. And that's what we try to, to catch out. But like I said, we're always improving. He has a new like suction cup head that goes on it now that mm. takes them off and sets them down. So it's a uh, we're really stepping up the quality on him and, and the quality control on him. Like I said, he's a super good guy, and anything that he sees, he's like, oh, I could do that. We could make this better. Then like he's done things and then told me about it later, and I'm like, it's gonna cost me anything because <laughs> it's just <laughs> me. Like I don't have any. My financial backer is like me and, uh, yeah. you know, so I'm like, uh, careful with that, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're always approving the quality and that was an issue with the rev ones. There's a, some things going around about the adhesion issues and it's mainly that, that the, um, that material is out. And then, uh, the other thing that's nice about them is, uh, they all come, I don't have an alcohol. Oh, maybe I do. They all come with like an alcohol pack in the, in the case. And so, yeah, there you go. Uh, so they come with little alcohol prep pads. It's just isopropyl alcohol. So any isopropyl alcohol will work, but uh, what you do is, you know, uh, put it in your clamp, put the vein in your clamp. And then uh, once it's in there, get it in there, use the alcohol pad. If it gets, like I said, if it dries out, just isopropyl alcohol, get the little rag wet. It's cool because it doesn't, like paper towel, it doesn't leave shrapnel, little hairs around it. So get that, you know, wipe it and then let that dry, put the glue on it and something for your listeners now new, uh, I'm going to start selling Bob Smith Maxi Cure glue. So it'll be this exact glue. It'll be one ounce instead of two and it'll just have my logo on it. Uh, 
this is the best stuff that I found, like the bulletproof stuff. I've used Loctite, I've recommended Loctite, all that kind of stuff, but this seems to be like the best, most bulletproof stuff. So I'll have this on my website by the time this comes out. It's supposed to arrive today, any minute. Uh, but yeah, you, you just use this, put a small continuous line down it, um, and then put that on in your jig, put that on, and man, they're... I actually built a guy a set and he wanted a bear shaft with it, so I was like, whoops. Fletched an extra one for him. So I was like, well, it's a good, good test. And so I get it and I'm pulling on the vein and I cannot pull it off. And so part of it is just how much you can grip a vein to pull it off. I tried pulling, I tried tearing, I couldn't get it. But I, I know that if I would have grabbed with pliers and ripped it off, I would have been able to get it off. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, right now the, the vein adhesion is really, really good. Um, and being able to, to sell the glue with it is important because I get guys that you know, they're like, hey, I can't get these to stick. And it's like, well, what glue are you using? You know, my kid's glue stick or something like that. Hammers. It's Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of, it's not to that level, but you get the yeah. idea. So now yeah. that I, I'll be able to sell the glue and that together, it's kind of takes care of everything. I Initially, when I started this, I was like, I'm not using uh, a primer pin because it's mm. just, it's not practical. And I, I, I like Max Hunters. I don't use them anymore because they're loud. They have a lot of wind drift to them. There's kind of a, it's it's a good vein. It's not a great vein. And so, um, but I was like, hey, check these out. And they're like, no, I don't use any of the Max material because you have to use a primer pin with it. And so, uh, and the primer pins, mine's already dried out because I don't use it anymore. But, um, you know, you get one and it dries out and then you have to buy another, you know, $13, $14 pin uh, to put them on with and, it's got acetone in it. Acetone's not great for you. Not a big deal, but it's like all these little things kind of add up. And so I was like, I'm not using a primer pen with them. I have to be able to use alcohol or something. The mm-hmm. alcohol wipe really does a good job prepping that surface. Um, it's incredible how much, again, developing this stuff, going down the rabbit hole, doing just research and development like I'm used to, uh, you find out all kinds of stuff. And so made friends at Loctite. Uh, read a ton of data sheets about Cyanoacrylate. They are absolutely not all the same. I talked to the guys at Loctite and I was like, I want a, something at Lowe's that people could buy that would work with my veins. And I've got a bunch of this, I got a bunch of that. And the guy just started laughing. He was like, we're not even in the same department. It's like, that's, that's grocery store glue. This is professional glue. There's a big difference. So um, do some experimenting, but I will have the, the Bob Smith maxi cure on my site, um, today, which is, uh, Friday the 12th, but it'll be on there today. So yeah, man, it's, you, you open up a box and you don't know how much is going to be in there, but yeah, now I know tons about Sinoaccolade and, um, a lot of stuff that I was hoping I would never have to learn, but <laughs> have to pardon the interruption guys i just want to give a quick mention to all of the amazing show partners and sponsors and affiliates so that you guys can get some gear the amazing gear that i get to run and work with these partners uh and at a discount for you guys and as well as that it helps me be able to grow the podcast and i really appreciate that as well as you guys continue to tune in and share i want you to have the best gear so here we go First and foremost, First Form and First Form Outdoors. If 
you're needing any kind of supplementation, definitely go check them out. If you have any questions, reach out to me. I'd love to answer your questions on any of the products that you may need. Everything from protein to meat sticks to um, basically clothing. I mean, we've got everything over there at First Form. So definitely come check us out over there, guys. First Form Outdoors group on Facebook as well. I'd love to have you in that group along with Redbeard's Fit Crew. We've got some amazing individuals just looking to get better every single day, not just at archery, but also in fitness, in health, in life, in the outdoors. So come join us over at those two groups. Also, we've got Alpen Fuel and Heather's Choice, my go-to nutritional meals for the backcountry. Black Ovis, go check out Black Ovis, guys. We've got some things in the works there. They've got amazing quality gear and just a conglomerate of a ton of different companies. You'll be able to find it there if you need it for the outdoors. All-in digiscoping, best digiscoping on the market, A3 Archery Bowstrings, Cryptech, Kestrel Glassing Systems, Quattro Archery Stabilizers, Go Ruck, Sheep Feet Custom Orthotics, Absolute Aid CBD, Mimetic, Affect Beard Oil, Muley Freak Bino Harness, The Game Changer, Bow Hunters United, and that's it, guys. Please go check these groups out. Thank you so much for that uh, patience with the interruption, and let's get back to the conversation with Kyle. <laughs> yep. No, exactly. You know, so I uh, touching on that, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was kind of funny because when I went to tack that year, I can't remember if it was tack or mountain archery fest, but I was shooting with some guys and I, I there was a couple times where now here's the deal. I'm going to put this disclaimer guys. I didn't follow his instructions. Okay? <laughs> so I I'm going to put that disclaimer out there. And I, to anyone that I talked to that like saw the veins fall off, I'm like, look, I, I didn't follow Kyle's instructions, so don't, yeah. this is not on Kyle. This is me. But, um, you know, I, I would just put the glue on and just run it that way, right? Yeah. And I think one part was, um, I think the back on the 1.0s was a little bit thicker, so it wouldn't fit into the Arizona Easy Fletch as well. Um, so it wouldn't allow it to close, clamp down as well, which in turn allowed it not to, to seal up the glue. But on top of that, the material was definitely a little bit different. Yep. Um, and so with these, with these one point or the two point that I'm, I'm loving the material and, but I will say, I, I will say one thing is very, very true. We did the redneck test where I had my buddy shoot my bow and arrows and I went down range and listened to the yeah. difference. So we ran, um, boning heats, blazers, um, max stealths and yep. there was one other, we didn't even bother with hunters cause everyone knows those are loud. Um, but there was one other one I can't remember it was supposed to be super quiet as well. It wasn't the tack veins, but there was another one and the super sabers it, to my ears anyway. Um, and I don't have any hearing issues uh, that I know of, but, uh, to my, to my ears, um, the, the super sabers were even quieter than the max stelts. And for me, they steered a broadhead even better, even with me not following the instructions and putting it at that five to six degree helical. Um, they, they did a great job. Yeah, uh, but then you know, having having the veins fall off at tack, it was kind of funny. It became a joke at like seventy something yards. You know, you would just hear because you know the vein would fly off. You know, in the middle yep. of the flight. Uh, so then I got these two point and I've shot them, and they've done amazing. Um, I need to cut off the the jig because um, I think that's the issue for me. Yeah, is that top piece is hitting the part of the the upper part of the Bitsenberg, so I can't yeah. get that two and a half degree. Yeah, just these cut are off at above a two. the D. I think I got these to a two. If we can get that to focus. You could, you could tell if they're two and a half because uh, 
at two and a half degrees, just ironically, the corners will line up. So like the, the bottom, the front corner on the left side will line up with the front corner on the right side. I don't know if I said that correctly for the, you get the idea, but that's how you can roughly see two and a half degrees. But the, the cool thing about the, the vein angle tool, uh, yeah, you're probably one and a half or two. Uh, the cool thing about the vein angle tool too is like, like when I was building arrows, a guy was asking me, how do you know they're exactly two and a half degrees? And I was like, oh, I, I have a little tool that I made because I make custom wraps for everybody and sell wraps too. And so I was like, oh, I can, I can make a tool like this and then I can have them printed. I had one printed and that's what I used. And he was like, oh, do you sell them? And I was like, who would care about that? <laughs> you know? And then he was like, I, I'd buy one. I was like, okay, I'll sell you one. And so I made one for him. And then he told one of his friends and then kind of the same story as my company is just like mm -hmm. everybody wanted one and uh, had a, a funny thing like it. And then Lancaster found out about it. Um, they were actually, the guy was just going through and looking on the internet and found him. And he was like, hey, will you sell a bunch to us? And I was like, absolutely, I'll sell a bunch to you. And then, uh, but a funny thing happened at ATA. I went in and I'm friends with Greg Poole and when, uh, I was like, dude, you got to check these, this out. And I showed him this and, you know, the packaging goes with it. It kind of has the instructions and everything on it. And he just looked at me and he was like, how has anybody never thought of this? And I was like, I didn't even think it was a thing. And then the best part though, was like him looking at it, being shocked. And then one of his friends came in that owned a shop and he had like three or four guys with him. And they're like, Hey Greg, what's going on? And he, Greg just turns around and he goes, have you seen these? And the guy goes, oh, yeah, we got six of them at our shop. And I'm like, when? You know, it's just so fun. Because yeah. the other good thing you could do is, so you can, like, this one is my, it says, I don't know if you can read it, it says master right on it. And so mm -hmm. this is the right one. And so I actually glued the knock in place on this one because you it's in the instructions, but you twist the knock so that what you're doing is kind of moving the, you're centering the vein on the on the tool. And the way you do that is by turning the knock. So that'll move everything around. But um, yeah, I was with this though, like I could set this up. I have one guy that actually helps me fletch. And so I could set this one and then I could set my jig up. I could set his jig up. I could set 50 up and they would be identical. And so mm -hmm. I can, we tested it where I like, he had been building for a long time. I'd been building, I hadn't seen his jig in a minute. And I was like, let's see how close it is. And so we put an arrow in there, put a clamp on it and it was perfect still. So yeah, you could you could use this to kind of set everything up, and a lot of shops use them uh, for that reason to kind of get everything set up. But no, that's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, I've got one over here, and then I I I think I bought two and gave one to my shop because they were mm -hmm. interested in it as well. Um, they they do a lot of the kind of that. It's called true helical. People know what I'm talking about, but it's that Arizona easy fletch. It's just oh, yeah. easier to have three of those and just pop the arrows in and yep. pop them in and out and be done. Wipe it down with some alcohol, get the excess glue and, yep. and be good to go. It um, does which, put a ton of twist on them though. Yeah, yeah like it, it definitely does. And and so I, I honestly out to about 60 yards, I was getting really good groups. And even past that, I was getting really good groups. They were just a lot lower. They would drop off mm -hmm. compared to... Uh, to other veins just because they're taller. And I think it went yep. back to the whole um, more of the vein face is exposed with it being twisted that much, which in turn allows for more, more parachuting. Drag. Yeah. yeah and more like you mentioned the heat, so they're a lower profile vein. Mm -hmm. So like going back to, you know, that frontal, that frontal area, if you are changing the frontal area, 
that's a bigger difference than changing the coefficient of drag. But um, it's kind of on already, but I am making a shorter version of this one. So this is the Super Saber, and then it's going to be the Saber Mini. I'm not a marketing person, but it just, uh, it's close enough. Like Vane Angle Tool, how clever is that, you know? <laughs> but uh, I like it. Yeah, but the, the Saber Minis will be coming out. It'll be probably three months before I get them completely out. That's kind of a buffer too. They might be earlier than that, but it's a lower profile version than the Super Saber. So right now, and I did the same testing with it that I did with these, because uh, I would cut them out by hand. And if you saw them, you some of them you'd be scared of. It's just not good. I, but I wasn't I going to bring it up, but I, I've heard you were cutting them out with scissors. So oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the the other funny thing is like everything on this is straight lines. So the Super mm -hmm. Saber has straight lines. And everybody's like, mm -hmm. it looks like cut it out by hand. The funny thing is I did, I don't have it here, but I have the original arrow that I made the original Super Saber on and it was just cut like this as well. And so I was like, great, went and shot it. I'd come home, uh, I have giant earphones that I would put on and listen to the arrows go past my, my phone. That was the best way I found to get data. And uh, so I'm shooting, I hear it, blah, blah, blah. It's super quiet. It was quieter than the Max Stealth. And I kind of let people make their own decision on that. But they're crazy quiet. I could kind of explain that a little bit of the aerodynamics behind it in a second. But um, yeah, shooting those and then um, the uh, where's that going with that? Oh, the height. So some people have clearance issues, things like that. So there needed to be a lower profile. The lower profile version will be for um, field points. Uh, for yep, clearance issues. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, well, we had we changed the angle on my launcher because I use a a um, Hamski Epsilon. And so just because I didn't have this issue with the Trinity, which is yep. just a straight angle and it falls completely flat. Yep. The Epsilon kind of has a little bit of a curve, some wings off to the side. Yep. Um, and so I do get a little bit of contact. If I turn the arrow just slightly, I don't, but also we um, change the angle of the launcher, which allows it to get a little bit more clearance. To clear. but, yeah. But yeah. I just want to show people what he means by contact. I was getting a little streak just yep. on one vein. Yep. Yep. And I, I've seen, I actually had a guy that just was emailing me because he was having veins come off and he kept sending me pictures of it. And two of his right here had marks on him mm. and his, his rest was, his rest was out of time. So it was, he would shoot and you know, it slips. And so if you use this, you got to kind of keep an eye on it. If you're not pulling it back all the way, it won't drop all the way, mm -hmm. but it's usually pretty loud. But on his, it just wasn't, it wasn't dropping fast enough. And so it hit, I was like, I've seen those marks and I was like, check your timing on your rest. And he was like, it's out of time. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Glad no, to yeah. help. But, but I can, I can say, and again, I'm going to, I'm going to say this is disclaimer. I don't follow your instructions and clean off the veins. I yeah. just slap them on with glue and I just use, um, I think max bond or something, some, yep. some traditional vein glue and they, they don't fall off. I've shot these through targets guys. I've got a couple that have some red, it's got some red tint to it because it's gone through, um, my morel target, the high roller yeah. and, uh, and, and they do great. So, um, I don't have any issues with this one. I am interested in your lower profile ones just to see what they do as well. Yep. Um, and if they have that same drag at distance with the, that true helical, yep. um, that the, the Arizona easy fletch puts on it. So that's pretty cool. You said those will, you're working on those probably in the next two, three months. Yep. 
Yep. Uh, the, the data is done. Like I said, I did the development after I learned like doing these, it took two years to kind of get everything right. Um, I could have probably hurried a little more with them, but I like the way that I work and the way I develop products, I don't care how long it takes. Like I, I don't like to be rushed. I understand. I know in the back of my mind that I need to get things done and I want to get them done just because I want to find the answers and solutions, but I don't push to get anything out. So I, I never rush anything. Um, but three of these, and I use, so I use the same equations NASA does to figure out the stability of an arrow. And so three of these is actually more stable than four uh, max stealth. And that's not like me shooting them and claiming it. It's literally the math behind it. Um, and then when I go to the minis, they're a smaller version of it, but they're actually a, just a little bit more stable than three. They're more stable than three max stealth. As far as four, um, because this is more stable than four max stealth, uh, the other ones are kind of just right at the edge of it. They're a little bit more, but in practical application, not as much. But I mean, like shooting these with a broadhead versus shooting max stealths with a broadhead, these are significant. Like there's a significant difference uh, as far as stability. I don't like saying steering because... They don't steer, sense. but it, yeah, they it, don't steer. it corrects yeah. the, it corrects it and gets it straightened out. So yeah. Yeah. Stability. Yeah. So it's flight. Mm-hmm. It's, is it going to move or is it going to fly stable? It's going to fly yep. stable. Steering is exactly a steering wheel or something. Right. <laughs> that yeah. And that's what people talk steers, about. With, right? Yeah. Yeah. With FOC stuff like that. They talk about Ugh. steering that, which makes a little bit more sense being on the front and then stability on the back, which, you know, again, makes sense. Um, yeah. no, that's really cool. So uh, I do want to touch on something else here too, guys, that, so you've also got, so you've got the vein tool, the VAT, yep. you've got the super sabers, which I highly recommend people go snag some. You've got a bunch of different colors. Obviously I went with the orange and I've got the white. Um, are you coming out with a red anytime soon? Uh, that's what everybody asks. I'm not right now because I'm going yeah. to get the, the saber minis out. But right now I have Perfect. the white, the yellow, and the yellow is super bright. The pink, which is super cool. Because it's not like a light pink, it's it's a darker mm-hmm. pink. And then yeah. orange, which is bright, and the green, which are super bright too. And they're actually uh, just slightly transparent. But the reason for that is if you... So if the light catches just one side of it, uh, it's only lighting one side of it. But if you, mm-hmm. if you get just a little bit of transparency, light will come through both sides of it, and it actually is brighter. So you're kind of getting illuminated from from two sides on that. But yeah, they're like right that. now it's five colors, uh, white, yellow, pink, green, and orange. And everybody wants another color. Like I get, uh, red, blue, purple, black, purple one or not two. Yeah. And then so it'll be like chartreuse. And I'm like, I, I'm not familiar with that color. <laughs> I don't know what it is. You got to use like RGB yeah. for me, man. It, yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't follow man. Uh, but yeah, so we have all that coming out. Uh, and I, I will get more colors eventually. The way I do my coloring is very different than any other vein company does. So like my white veins weigh the same as my yellow veins, weigh the same as my pink veins, all Mm -hmm. that stuff. Like I figured out a way to do that and to get that constant adhesion. And it's like, it's a pain in the butt. It costs a lot and it takes a lot of time, but it's a, it's the best way to do it. So it is, it, that's how I'm doing it. You know, it's like, right. I could do it the other way. Um, but I know how they do it. Obviously I've, I've designed a lot of plastic parts in my, my time, but, uh, 
this is the best way to do it as far as like vein adhesion and consistent weight. Because I built with Max Hunters where I built six white, six black, and the six black were consistently four, five grains heavier than uh, the white ones. Just wow. because it, it takes more black to change the natural color to a black rather than uh, the white where it doesn't take as much mm -hmm. pigment in it. It's pellets. They just add a few extra pellets to it, color pellets to it. Yeah. Um, to get that to go. But yeah, so we're pushing for that and trying to get, push my molder to get those done. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so we've got the veins, you've got the vat. Um, and then I want to talk about this. Yeah. So, so we've got these field points here. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the field, the field tips guys are really awesome. I've really enjoyed running them because they don't puncture veins. Um, that was a big thing. I know there's some aerodynamics and others smarter than me, uh, things that you're going to talk about with that. But the big thing for me that I noticed is I could shoot groups and not worry about puncturing veins. It doesn't necessarily help you with if you Robin Hood and arrow, which everyone knows Robin Hooding the first time is cool. After that, it's just expensive. Yep. But, uh, you know, with, with this, I don't lose veins. I don't have to refletch nearly as much. Um, because it's it's rounded off so most tips are pretty pointed um you've got the bullet tips you've got uh the stainless tips you've got top hats all these other kinds of, of you know and they're great but this right here you've got them in 100 and 125 grains right Correct. i run 125s so um but yeah it just screws in like a regular field point it's just got a, a different shape so other than the cool factor of not puncturing uh you know, fletchings and being able to shoot at 20 yards and 40 yard groups and, uh, and not puncturing fletchings. What else goes into this, this dull looking field tip? Yeah. So a couple things, the, uh, the first thing is this, the aerodynamics of it. So every, the most aerodynamic shape you can have for subsonic flight is an elongated ellipse. And so mm -hmm. it's kind of counterintuitive to what most people think, but, um, like if you look at an, a regular passenger airliner, it has a big rounded front to it. And the reason, like, they do everything they can to make their planes as aerodynamic as they can. You know, less paint, less this, less that, because the fuel is expensive to them. So if putting a big point on the front of it would make it more aerodynamic and they would make more money from it, they would do it. So it's kind of, I mean, I, I've done the research to know that that's the case, but that's just kind of a practical application for people to look at. So these are uh, shaped that way to optimize the aerodynamic flight. Uh, there's some people that are like, well, I want a field point that acts like a broadhead. And that's from my studies, from like my CFD, from using my lab radar, from shooting a bunch of different points that kind of claim to do that. It's not the case. Like you can't make one of these fly like a broadhead. It's just mm -hmm. that frontal area is too different with that versus anything else. And so my idea is a couple things that are different from mine versus a few other people's, but Mine is like, get the purest arrow flight that you can. So like, what's your baseline? A pure arrow flight. And then try to match your broadheads to that. So instead of something that's just kind of maybe trying to get to a broadhead, get something that's pure, get something that's a perfect baseline and try to get to it. Uh, the other thing is these are stainless steel. Uh, so they'll absolutely never rust. I put some in a little bag and then I put a paper towel behind it and tried to get them to rust and I've left it in there for like two years and it, it looks identical to this one. It's perfect. Yeah. Uh, they aren't hardened. So that's a big difference between mine and a few others. These are soft kind of intentionally. 
they're not super soft. I mean, you could shoot them in targets and bang them up and do everything. But if you hit a rock with one of these, it will deform it. And the reason for that is like in a race car, when they hit a wall, you see parts flying everywhere. It's dissipating that energy. So as something uh, fails, it'll dissipate that energy. And so if you hit something with the front of your arrow and it's hard, it will slightly deform this before yeah. it'll damage your arrow. So it's like, well, these I've done are... some unintentional testing and I don't mean to interrupt you there, but I'm going to show you here. So a lot of people complain about aluminum on the front of an arrow, which I understand aluminum is weaker, but yep. also I, so my, two of my favorite inserts up to this point, just from my unintentional testing of accidentally hitting rocks at tack, <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> are the, you, uh, so on the, purpose because you're testing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's why I say unintentionally testing. Them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I really like these. A lot of people don't like them um, from Victory. Yep. They're aluminum. And I do wish that maybe the fulcrum point was closer down. Like it only goes out to about here. Yeah. Right. Where it screws in. So the arrows here, it's got a collar. And then there's a little piece that goes down into the arrow this far. Yep. Right. And so I, I like it. it. It's worked for me. I've put it through shoulder blades of animals. I put it through rocks. And, and it generally saves the arrow as long as I heat it up, I can pull it out yep. and then put a new insert in as long after I square it off again, just to make sure. Um, so here's my unintentional test of your uh, field tip there. So it's, it's miscolored because I heated it up, but yeah, that, so this is what ended up happening to it. Yep. It will focus on, but it, it deformed, like you said, because it hit that rock and then it kind of bent where it screws in there which is intentional, but this whole part right here is straight. And I just, all I did was literally heat it up as you can see there with that miscoloration yeah. and I pulled it out and my arrow was fine, popped a new insert in and we're good to go, which yep. saved me. I don't know. What was that? Probably 20 bucks. Yeah. So these are just know. over a dollar. So they're yeah, exactly. hundred grand. They're 1950 for 12 of them on my exactly. website. But they're... And this just happened at Texas tack. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, you know, I agree with you there. Um, yeah. I, I've never, and for people that, you know, obviously you can, you can do your research and stuff. People want to see actual physical tests. There's your physical test. It happened. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it like, I, I damaged my field point and it's like, yeah, but you saved your arrow and your arrow right. is, you know, 20 bucks or something. I don't know. And yep. so now, yeah, you, you spend a dollar to save 20. So you're welcome. You know, it's uh, yeah. the other thing that I did on these was at the back of them, they're just slightly rounded and, if you're mm -hmm. watching it, so they fit with a five millimeter. So you could put it in with just a hit insert at five millimeter and it, it's rounded. So it won't catch on your target, but then it also uh, goes out to like a regular, either a collar or this is a black Eagle insert, but it goes out to that as well. So it's smooth with that as well. So it, it works with five millimeter, just a hit insert. It works with a hit insert and a collar. It works with an outsert or any of that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it's set up. And then like you said, a hundred and 125 grain. Well, and then the other thing too is, so I, the other insert that I really like, um, that, uh, MFJJ came out with that I was testing out was those titanium half outs. Half outs. Yeah. Um, and, and this does stick out a little bit. It's a little bit of a lip, but because it's rounded, like what you were saying, yeah. it's rounded here. It yep. doesn't, um, it doesn't get caught on bag targets or if you're shooting into those big blocks, uh, that are like stacked foam, stuff like that. Yep. <clears throat> it doesn't get caught. 
And so uh, that that's really cool. I really like that. I actually need to order some more because <laughs> obviously I've I've damaged a couple, but yeah. um, they're they're really awesome. I do want to ask, and this is just me, my curiosity. Um, how come you don't have an O-ring on it to keep them from unscrewing? That's a, so. The weird thing with stainless steel is that it it doesn't rust, it doesn't corrode, it doesn't do anything, and so when you put a steel one in there, the reason it doesn't loosen is because it actually has oxidization on the surface of it. And so you get a little mm. friction with it. Um, I don't put an O-ring on it for cost. Like when I, the funny thing is like when I go out and get my arrows, I pull my arrows and as I'm walking back, I'm thinking about something. And so as I'm thinking, I just kind of check and tighten my arrows. Yep. And uh, I've likened it to, you know, you see tennis play. I don't really play tennis, but what you see tennis players and they're like, picking at the racket to get the fuzz out. It's just something to do. And so I don't mind just kind of tightening them and making sure they're tight. So it's kind of like I could add it, I'd have to charge it for it. And then is it a problem? Is it kind of the the thing? So yeah, Hmm. the other thing you could do, and I've done this just to, to try it, but you can, this sounds horrible, but if it's a dry, dusty day, you could like put just a little bit of dry dust dirt on it. And then put it in there and it'll do the same thing. It, it They stay fine. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, stainless steel is notorious for not being able to lock. And stainless steel doesn't work well with Loctite. So um, in fact, with my day job, I learned this. Um, we use a lot of stainless steel. But they, uh, when you put them in, you can't use really Loctite. It doesn't bond the same way it does with steel. And so what people use is actually to permanently kind of permanently bond something in. They use a... Uh, just crazy glue on it and so they'll put a little crazy glue on it and put it in i don't recommend that with the arrows because i don't know if you'd be able to get it out but uh that's just i guess a a tip if anybody's going down that rabbit hole (laughs) sweet yeah i haven't really messed around with if i put my own o-ring will that help but yeah no that makes sense that's i do the same thing i pull them out and then just tighten them back down so yeah as yeah as you're as i'm like walking back to the line you know you kind of you're holding your arrows and you're walking back and so i just kind of do that Mm -hmm. or when I'm getting ready to shoot, like I'll, I'll knock it and then I drop it on my rest. And as it bounces, I'll hear if it's, you'll hear if right. it's loose or not. And then I just tighten it as I go. So it's, it's kind of a, I didn't want to complicate it. I didn't want to charge anybody for anything yeah, that, yeah. that I didn't think they needed. So. Sweet. No, that makes sense to me. Yeah. So, um, you know, with all those, so we've talked about basically the, the three main things, um, that you've done with DCA, obviously you build, custom arrows so if anyone's looking for a custom arrow build definitely reach out to kyle um you know your stuff you're gonna make sure it's it's definitely and you don't just sell your veins on those so if you want a different vein <clears throat> kyle will build them with a different vein um, yep. i recommend if you're gonna go with the super savers definitely go to kyle don't follow my tips because i obviously don't follow instructions i'm that <laughs> guy i don't read i don't read instructions i just slap it on and go and yeah. uh and then find out later that it doesn't stick or whatever <laughs> but again i will say with these 2.0s they are just as simple as um like a boning heat or anyone that's familiar with that stiffer material that doesn't need a primer pin um if you don't want to run a primer pin i haven't had an issue with it obviously the alcohol wipes would help. It's going to help clear up any debris, like what you're saying. Um, there's no hurting to that. But if you're like me and you're just slapping them on, then, you know, again, I haven't had any issues. I didn't do any prep to these. And you can bend them. You can do whatever you want. And they don't peel up, right? Yep. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to kind of talk about here 
is you're an engineer for the dialed site, which anyone that has followed me at all on social media or has shot with me knows that I run the dialed site on my, oh, if I don't poke the microphone there on my <laughs> bow back there. Um, I've got the dialed site on it. I love this site. It's awesome. I love what you guys are doing. Uh, even moving forward, the constant innovation with it um, and, and the constant just kind of collaborations with different colors and things like yep. that and just making the site better as you go as well. Um, what, I guess, what would be the biggest thing that you'd want to comment on about this project in and of itself, you being a kind of the behind the scenes guy, a lot of people don't realize that you were a big part of this. Yeah. So I got involved with it. Uh, my buddy, TJ, they got me into archery, was working with the dialed guys. Uh, that's Taylor and Jordan and Scott, um, the, the primary owners. And then he contacted me and he said, Hey, I'm working with Taylor, uh, on a site. And I was like, Oh, that's cool, man. And we talk all the time. And so we, I thought he was just sharing stuff. And then he was like, uh, would you want to help us out with it? And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll take a look at it. Just thinking that he wanted me to get one, look at it, give my feedback and then get on with my life. And he was like, how much do you want an hour to do it? And I was like, <laughs> I'll just look at it, man. I don't mind. Like I do product development for other companies that I, I don't talk about. But other companies oh, yeah. in the archery industry, I do product development for as well. They'll send me something. I'll look at it. I'll give engineering feedback because I get, like with my day job, we do research and development. We do field trials with that. And so we're used to getting, starting a brand new project and knowing what questions to ask and how to get people to elaborate on things. Because I've, I've been told one thing and I have a conversation with them and it turns out that's not what they were concerned about. You know, it's like a different yeah. thing. But it was to them, this was a thing. In any case, um he was like, no, we probably need to figure out like an hourly kind of thing. And I was like, okay. And so I told him and he was like, yeah, that's good. And then like two weeks later, I'm doing like all the prints and checking the tolerances and doing development integration. And, you know, we're working on patents and new ideas and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, it's been really good. I mean, like the, the coolest thing is working with the guys. So like Taylor and Scott and, and Jordan and TJ obviously are just super good dudes. And it's so fun just to sit in a room with your friends and work on a project. And I mean, it's very different than my day job because like the stuff we say in a dialed meeting, I would get fired for in my day job, like <laughs> right away. <laughs> so uh, it's nothing bad, but just like, you know, mom jokes and, you know, yeah. why'd you do it this way? And it's like, you know, well, because of blank, 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 you know, and it's like, <laughs> and then we just all laugh about it, but it's, yeah. So it's, it's really fun to work with people like that. Uh, the biggest thing is, um, you know, some of the innovation that we've done on it is just like, uh, putting the, the mines on my bow. I don't have a, I do have a bunch next to me, but I can't get to it. And them. just anyway, kind of uh, guys, maybe by the time this podcast, I'm going to point something out too. You'll notice his, no, keep yours up. Keep yours up. Oh. See how low profile this slider is for mine? Yeah. His is a little oh, bit taller because yeah. they're coming out with the light. Yeah. I actually forgot about that. But yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, little click button light. But it's, it's super. Yeah. I mean, it just fits with the lines and everything. I know there's I some, some stuff going on with the mold. but You can't see it. But it's a, it, my light's coming over here. It's too bright. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really, really cool. And having that bubble at the top is is nice as you shoot like you i tell people they're like why is it at the top and i'm like well if you look at your scope and then you're like you're hunting at something that's down here you don't care anything that's going on like the top mm -hmm. you know 
quarter of your scope or something like that. So have a, or your mag, have your bubble up there. So that like, as I draw, I come down, I watch my levels, I come down. And then once my level set, I look at my pins and then I look at the target. And so like, I kind of forget about the level. I just hold where I need to, and then down to the, to the target. So I'm just barely looking up. And then I look down and that gives you a lot more information. You could see like the animal's legs. You could see more of what's going on the ground. You could see more of your target. You could see more of everything. And so, yeah, putting it up there was really cool. And then having that stub XR pin, man, is crazy. Uh, so I shoot uh, 283 feet per second, a 460 grain arrow. That's my normal arrow. I have a million setups, but um, the uh, on that one, because of the stub XR pin, so that the lower pin, because we don't have the bubble down there, we could put a pin right there at the bottom. Mm-hmm. I was shooting out to 115 yards with it. And normally with the center pin, I could shoot out to a hundred and then maybe a couple yards more. It's kind of, eh. I could shoot 115. And the only reason I didn't go to 120 is because I couldn't get back any further. So I have mm. a, a secret location that I do all my testing at and then my, my public range as well. But the secret location, I can only get back to 115 yards. And even doing that, like, I was shooting slightly over a hill at a target that's straight, but I had to shoot almost at a hill. And so at 115 yards, I'm shooting. And as it goes, like the dandelions that were there, you could see like the dandelion seeds come off of it. And if I go any further back, I would hit the, the top of that hill. But having mm-hmm. that lower pin is just so fun. And, you know, archery, people hunt with it. It's a it's a serious deal when you're taking the life of an animal and you, you're doing that. But it's also a lot of fun. So you can go out. You know, we don't, we don't want anybody shooting out beyond their range with a, at an animal or anything like that. But, you know, when you're outside and you're having a good time and you're, you're doing the things you love to do, it's fun to let one fly, man. Put a nocturnal in the back of it and, you know, put a beer on it with your buddies and let mm-hmm. one fly. And, oh, it's so fun because 115 yards versus 100 yards is way different. Oh, so yeah. That stub X Watching that cool. arrow flight is so much fun, you know. Oh, and, yeah. And, yeah. Obviously, and, and I call it the, the tack pin or the, yeah. um, you know, cause you know, I've got, so I've got the three pin as I, I've shown here a couple of times and yeah. you guys have seen this, these are the tents. So not the 19th, but the tents. I like that smaller yep. kind of pin. It clears up the, the scope even more. Um, but that bottom pin, I call it the tack pin because it's just, <laughs> it, it's that, that longer distance getting to have fun, kind of shooting out and, and seeing where you're at. And, yeah. uh, I haven't tested necessarily the clearance on this yet um i i could get my top pin out to 118 yards yeah so i can only imagine what my bottom pin can get but there's there's these things you know that and anyone that wants to see my review on the dialed arxos can go back and look at that other video but you've got this angled you'll notice it's not straight up and down like most it's angled and i i firmly believe that that helped me get clearance with my shorter draw i'm 28 28 and a half depending on the bow um, and my arrows are coming out at 293. And so I'm able to get even further than what tack would, would have me do, um, just for fun, just going out and shooting those 120, 130 yards. Haven't quite got to 150 yet. So, um, that's my goal is to hit a target well, at 150. Not 150, 115. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying is my yeah. goal is to get out to 150 and oh. build that custom tape out to 150 and see where we're at. So <laughs> I got to find, I just got to find the, the land that I could shoot that far. Mm. Cause it's a hundred yards is 
yeah. as, as far as I can go my public range. And then, like I said, the other one's like 115, but, um, the guy that owns that land, I've talked to him and we're going to try some things to try see yeah. how far I can shoot. But and, uh, and for those yeah. that, that don't know the a hundred yards with a bow is similar to a thousand yard shot with, with a rifle. It's, it's pretty similar. far. Yeah. And yeah. if you go 115, it's even further because your, your arrow, that last, at least mine being 460 grains and like 283 feet per second, mm-hmm. that last 15, 20 yards, that's kind of in there. Your arrow is, is moving. Mine is moving fairly slow, you know? So it's like, there's a lot so to it, but off. I mean, yeah, the, with not to bring them up my super savers though, but, uh, you know, shooting that far, I was shooting in a, a crosswind and it was enough that like I was timing my shots a little bit, you know, you, you kind of draw back and then you're moving around a lot and 115 yards, like my 24 by 24 target is pretty small. And so I'm holding over and I'm, I saw maybe eight inches of travel, uh, but that's at 115 yards in a crosswind and I'm, I didn't have a max hunter. I really wanted to do it, but I'm pretty sure that that would have moved quite a bit more than that. Uh, it depends on your speed of your arrow. It depends on the weight of your arrow. There's mm-hmm. some factors in there that do that, but yeah, it's a, it's a bomb, but it's a lot of fun. I mean, cause you, I could shoot 115 yards and then I would have my bow almost all the way down by the time it hit. So, you mm-hmm. know, you're, uh, it's even more fun when there's friends there because it's, it seems a lot longer. <laughs> Oh, yeah. it's 12 seconds you do and you're like Ting. yeah you know it's <laughs> but it's a good time so yeah i mean everything that we did on that we're super proud of and um there's even more stuff coming like now that you know before it was barely a, a company kind of we were kind of getting things kicked off and going and um now we're selling sites people are freaking loving them and we get all kinds of good feedback all the time uh I'll be at the TAC in Michigan uh, coming up June or July. I forget what it is, but um, I'll be up there. And Scott has been traveling the TAC circuit with the dialed site. And he said the tent is just packed every single day. It's packed. He said, I haven't gone to one where it hasn't been crazy packed. So I'll be at the TAC tent in Michigan. Uh, If anybody's out there, swing by, say hi. Um, If you see me out there, say hi too. It's kind of weird to be recognized, but Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I'm a, I'm not to the level of the Dudleys or anybody like that. I'm just the skinny tall dude that people might know occasionally. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, swing by though, say hi, check out the sites. Uh, I'd love to talk arrows and everything else with you, but, um, we barely touched on like the aerodynamics of the sabers and all that kind of stuff, but that's all good stuff that maybe we could hit in another one. No, for sure. Definitely. And we'll have to definitely make a, do a 2.0 podcast, but, uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really, I really appreciate you coming on guys. I highly recommend going and, and getting some veins, getting some super savers and some field tips. Um, if you've got a bits, get the VAT. Uh, it's only, it's not expensive guys. Like yeah. Kyle's it, not going to sit here and charge you for, for stuff that you don't need. Right. right. So, um, I, I feel like you're, you're very well priced and also for what you get here with the super savers guys, you definitely want to go check them out, test them out with your broadheads, um, and then go take them out to tack or mountain archery fest, whatever you're going to go to and, and shoot them out the distance. Um, just to kind of wrap up here, what, what do you want to leave the audience with? Uh, everybody come follow me at DCA custom arrows on Instagram. Uh, don't forget the custom arrows on the back of it. And then, uh, if anybody's interested in my products, uh, DCA custom arrows, uh, com and everything's there, uh, wraps, points, veins, 
glue now adhesive so uh yeah check it out perfect i'll leave those links down below guys definitely go check out kyle's stuff and uh get you some super saber 2.0s and even some mini sabers whenever they come out so uh thanks so much again kyle and i uh, hope you have an amazing day and guys of course get out live your life and love it Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in again today. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. Kyle is just such an amazing individual, just very knowledgeable at what he does. Again, he found a gap in the vein industry and some other tools with arrow making that he just felt like he needed to, he could do it better. And I love when people don't just sit back and say, oh, I could do that better. But he actually went and did it.